This is Tangley bringing you the sound doctrine of the Bible. Under God, I conducted sound doctrine seminars in 1997, 2007, and 2012. Now we'll continue the study of this prosperity doctrine that has come up because of a misunderstanding of the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now Apostle Paul calls the exponents or the proponents of the uh, prosperity message or the health and wealth gospel as the enemies of the cross. Now please turn with me to the book of Philippians and third chapter. I'll read to you verses 17 to 19. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose God is their belly. So they are all concerned about the health of this physical body. That is their main focus. And that is their emphasis. And to the extent Paul calls that, that that is their God. Physical blessings, physical comforts, physical health, physical well-being, that is their main focus. And they set their mind on earthly things. That is wealth. So he talks about their health and wealth business. And he compares it with true spiritual blessings. On one side there is earthly blessings. But he says our citizenship is in heaven. He speaks about eternal blessing. On one side it is health of or the physical well-being. But he says on the other side, verse 21, God will transform our lowly body into his glorious body, confirmed into his glorious body when he comes back. We should not be unduly occupied with our lowly body now. That need not be our focus now. It waits for confirmation, our total transformation into the glorious body like the Lord Jesus Christ at His coming. At that time, all that is working against our body and spirit and soul, everything will be subdued. It says, when He comes, all things will be subdued by Himself. All things will be subdued, including death. So the last enemy to be subdued will be death. Now until then, we should not be unduly occupied with the physical and material blessings. If that becomes our focus, according to Paul, we are the enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. 
And he says, many walk. He says in verse 18, many walk like that. Now you know that prosperity gospel is the most attractive gospel today, not only in India, but all over the world. Church historians tell us that in the entire church history, there has been no other more attractive message than the gospel of the prosperity. Because the 20th century is known for its extreme obsession with materialism. Everything man wants to make quick money. That is the present trend and that trend is reaching its climax in the 20th century. And if religion could be a means to attain that gain, man would as well go for it. Now, if you turn with me to 1 Corinthians, there was a tension between the kind of people that Paul was and the material-minded people. 1 Corinthians 4th chapter, reading from verse 7. Go up to verse 11. See, between him and the people, there was a tension in this particular issue. Look at verse 8. You are already full. You are reigned as kings without us. I think that God has displayed as apostles lost. And verse 11. Even to the present hour. You see, even to the present hour, we both hunger and thirst. We are poorly clothed and beaten. And we are homeless. You see, Paul is saying, but you people, you are rich, you are full, but as far as we are concerned, we seem to be the last in the list. Now this he gives a reason in verses 14 and 15. Why is such a condition existing? I don't write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. What is that warning? Though you might have 10,000 teachers in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. So obviously, Paul is not trying to say, I only brought you forth in the gospel. But my lifestyle is like that. But you have got 10,000 teachers who are taking you away from the simple gospel truth that I have given you. And then he pleads in verse 16, Therefore I urge you, imitate me. Don't go after those new teachers. Don't go after the popularity of this multiplicity of this present teaching. Just imitate me. Unto this present hour we hunger and thirst and poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. In other words, we continue to be adopting a simple lifestyle for Christ and His gospel. You know, this spirit was there even in the bread-breaking services of the Corinthian church. 
Now look at the 11th chapter. Look at the 17th verse. Now in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. What was the problem? Read from 20 to 22. When you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. In eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. One is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? So what was the practice that was there? In their love feast, people used to bring meals from their own respective home. And out of that, they will take a portion and bless it and they will remember the Lord. But what was happening? Rich people all obviously arrived earlier because they might have had some good transport facilities. But poor people were coming late. Instead of waiting for one another, these people already ate as much as they wanted and some of them even got drunk with the wine they brought from each home. And Paul is warning them. Oh, you rich people, you are trying to put the poor people into shame. So he says in verse 34, If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home. And verse 33, Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. You see, the distinction, the division between poor and the rich was becoming so prominent even in the bread-breaking service. Now the same was case when James was addressing his congregation. Second chapter, first six verses. See, this tension was not, it's not a new thing. It already started in the early church. We'll read from verse 1 to 6 of James 2. My brethren, don't hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. If there should come your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel. You know, yesterday I was telling, this morning I was telling, rich people will have fine apparel. But poor people will have goat skins and sheep skins. There comes a poor man in filthy clothes. You pay attention to one who is wearing fine clothes. And what do you tell him? Sir, please come here. But when the poor man comes, you say, you just sit near me at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So in the church, they were giving an upper place for the rich people and the poor was pushed aside. Listen, my beloved brethren. Already they were reading, but he is saying, Listen, my beloved brethren. He demands their better and greater attention. Listen, my beloved brethren. 
has not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? But you have dishonored the poor man. So brothers and sisters, the prosperity doctrine which has come to a full-fledged form today had its genesis in the beginning of the early church life itself. And apostles had to be fighting against it in their own time. So we have roots there in the scriptures itself to fight against this evil and this venom in the body of Christ. Now immediately you should be very careful not to think that God wants all Christians to suffer in poverty and to be poor people. That's not what God's word says. That's not what I have been teaching since this morning. But we should be satisfied with a simple lifestyle and whatever extra we have, we should be ready to transfer it over or give it over or share it with the have-nots of this world and we should not follow the rat race of this world to become richer and richer. And you should also not think that God does not want any Christian to save money for his future. Paul himself in 2 Corinthians 12, 14, second portion, he has said, parents must provide for their children. So there is nothing wrong in making a provision for the rainy day. And for our children. But you must be able to decide honestly before God, considering the needs of the world and the condition of the fellow believers, how much you can keep for yourself. Now this is something which each man should take an honest decision in the presence of God. Because a time will come when we will be judged because of what we have done or what we have failed to do with the money that the Lord entrusted in our hands. More than any other aspect, Jesus preached more against this issue of money. And Paul gives us the answer why Jesus did like that. Paul gives the answer. The love of money is the root of all evil. Love of money is the root of all evil. All evil. Whatever evil today you find in the church, if you keep on tracing it, Ultimately, it will be the love of money. Now, I make a research of that, nearly 60-70% I am able to prove that it is the love of money which is the reason for this. Therefore, you men and women of God, flee these things. Because many are piercing themselves with these sorrows and they are not able to pull out the arrows from their physics. And we need to be very, very careful. Otherwise, the blessing which the Lord gives us will turn to be a curse upon us. I would like you to read through some essays which I have written.
Why bad things to good people? That is uh, found in the book Enlightening Essays. Now this particular essay has been uh, reproduced in so many places all over the world. Because they feel that this gives the other side of what is preached these days. There is another article, How to Receive Healing. That article also I have included in Enlightening Essays. Can we pray for healing? Does God perform miracles today? What if He does not? Can we take medicine? How does it fit into the scripture? Now all these questions are answered in that article, How to Receive Healing. Then thirdly, the suffering Christian. Now that I have included in the book, The Balanced Christians. Now this particular book has been a great blessing to keep their life in a proper balance. So I suggest that you take this book when you go from here, not only for this subject of suffering, for several other subjects like family, etc., you would find this book helpful. We'll continue our study in the next segment. God bless you.